time to take a break from camp talk and let's get into Rutgers. I'm tired of talking about practice and all that good stuff. Let's get into that first week. I'm going to give you something I'm worried about, something I feel confident about, and a question I still have about the first week of Boston College's schedule. All this and more on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. And today's show, I want to talk about Rutgers. We're going to get into that first week's game because I've been going around the the Locked On network here and I am seeing a lot of folks talk about that first week. We were just stuck. So Rutgers, a team that made a bowl game last year on a technicality after Texas A&M dropped out. They lost to Wake Forest and around the same score BC lost. And they have a lot of momentum going for them. Greg Schiano has done an excellent job recruiting in the New Jersey area. And they feel like they've actually got some momentum going for the first time in a long time since they've joined the Big Ten. Now, this is the second time BC has played the Scarlet Knights uh, since I think they played them in 2019. The last year, Steve Adazio was there. That was a game that was ugly, but BC still won that game. Now, things have changed a lot. Both teams have new head coaches. Both teams uh, have a little bit going for them. I mean, Rutgers had fired their head coach, Chris Chris Ash, in the middle of that season. They're looking for some new new, um, momentum going into this year, and I think that's what they're going to find. So, we'll get it. We'll get We're going to have guests that talk more specifically about Rutgers and what they bring later on as we get closer to the start of the season. But for today's show, what we're going to look at are three specific things. One thing about Rutgers that makes me worried about Boston College's chance. One thing I think BC should be able to handle really well. And a question mark that I still have about the game. The first biggest um, uh, worry I have is their quarterback, who I assume will be Gavin Wimsett. Now, there could be Noah Vidral, their, their quarterback that has been around forever another transfer, but Gavin Wimsett is a former four-star quarterback who is one of, it was one of Greg Schiano's like shining uh, recruiting wins for the Scarlet Knights. He is mobile. He's got a good arm. He was in the elite. I believe he was in the elite 11, which is a big time recruiting event. So that's something that, you know, a lot of folks are, have eyeballs on and he's done things there. You know, he was a true freshman last year. He only threw, I think, for uh, 70, 70, excuse me, 45 yards on the entire season. I almost doubled up what he actually had. But I don't look at that as a, a, a barometer of what he could do. What worries me is his mobility. And I've seen with BC defenses over the last the mobile quarterbacks, no matter who it is, whether quarterback from Texas State from a couple of years ago who ran all over BC or Kenny Pickett or Malik Cunningham. You know, it doesn't matter who it is. Garrett Schrader from Spears. Boston College has had those issues. And I think that is something that I worry about. It's something that I think, uh, you know, going into this year, 
they Halfley has talked a lot about bringing team speed into this matchup to the season, you know, getting faster all over the lineup faster, um, you know, from the cornerbacks to the defensive, they have to get faster here. But if Rutgers is going to be treating this game like a Super Bowl, this is a big time game against a big time opponent or no, good opponent, opponent, excuse me. I shouldn't call them big time in a recruit hop with BC over all the time. Wimsat strikes me as a quarterback that could go in and catch BC snoozing quick. If he goes out there and runs for a few first downs, especially if it's on like third down, say it's like third and eight and he gets out and gets out for 10, 12 yards and starts to really pressure on defense. That will be worrisome going into this as a, as a theme going into this game. He does not need to be electric out there. He does not need to do a million different things, but he can extend drives, keep Phil Jakovic on the the on the sideline and not have the um, flowers chewing them up because he's not playing. That's a big issue. So he is, you know, halfway said it during his press conference during the last couple of weeks, he want Lokabu and he have said they want there and they want to shrink the field. They want to be able to get guys out there that won't let guys get to, you know, opposing quarterbacks, get to the outside, get, opposing running backs into the outside. And a guy like Wimson, a guy that can go outside, that's going to test what the speed is like on this team. Is it, tr- is it real? Does BC actually have the speed to, uh, be able to stop a guy like this to not let him chew you up for 10 yards a clip or, or, or get those third down runs. That is a major thing that we're going to be watching for. And it's something I honestly am worried about because you have a young linebacking group. I know Cam Arnold is not young anymore, but the guys around him, Bryce Steele uh, and, and Jalen Blackwell. And then Vinny De Palma, who I don't, I he should be in there for specific packages. He should not be out there to, to mitigate speed, but you get those guys. You've got defensive ends who most likely we'll talk about in a second. Uh, do some other things for me where I'm at. I think this is a, as a piece of concern. Now on the other flip side, Wimpat hasn't done anything yet. As I just said, he's like, you know, he's thrown for, um, and he's nine for 21 on his career. You know, he came in late last year. He played him mostly in the, in mop-up duty in that Wake Forest game. Other than that, he really hasn't done a lot. So there's a there's the potential that he's still going to be completely raw and that he's going to be high that you don't really, you know, maybe isn't as worrisome. But, hey, Garrett Schrader for Syracuse was not a great quarterback, in my opinion, and he shredded BC. So the worst things have happened. Now, in a moment, I want to get into – these this the things that are looking good for for the Eagles. I want to look at I think the Eagles are going to be okay with heading into the game against Rutgers. You're hanging out with some friends and you've had a few too many. A few becomes too many as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Ah, you live nearby. Why why think of calling for a ride? You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyways? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill somebody. 
Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change a life or someone else's forever. All right. We are back here at Locked On Boston College. We're talking about the upcoming game against Rutgers. And in our first segment, we we discussed and got into the things that worry us. And that was what that was the defense against that, you know, that that um, mobile quarterback. Now, in the same breath, I think there's a, there's a potential that I feel confident about BC's pass rush here. And it's different than than the ability of Rutgers to get on the outside and run the ball a lot. I think that BC should be able to get pressure because as much has been made, and believe me, we've made a big deal out of it. You've made a big deal out of it. Jeff Halfley's made a big deal out of it. Everyone has. The five new offensive linemen for BC is almost matched more person for person from Rutgers. Rutgers has a completely new offensive line too. They went all over the place to patch it up at the transfer portal, but they have a new one too. And I feel, I feel confident that if Rutgers wants to go back there and try to huck the ball down the field, they're going to get eaten alive. I feel like their chance, as I said in that first segment is to get Wimsat out of the, out of the pocket and, and moving with his legs. If they try to pass on BC, they're going to get because BC has a good enough defensive line, I feel like, that should be able to get some pressure on, on that defensive front. I mean, that offensive line. The, an offensive line that is, uh, is what BC allegedly has, right? On the outside, cornerbacks that should match up well, given whatever Wimsack can throw at you. And if you're getting pressure on a brand new quarterback, a guy that hasn't played all that much, he's going to make bad passes. And when you have Josh DeBerry and Jaden Woodby and Jason Matry, and, and you know, I could go down that whole defensive and uh, the defensive back group. If you have them waiting back there, then that ca- that's going to cause some turnovers here, folks. He's going to throw, he's going to make some mad, bad passes it's just going to happen. And I think as as uh, worrisome as the pass rush has been, I trust that Mark Valdez can do this. And if it's Sheeta Salah, I mean, I looked at his pro football grip, focus grade and put it up on Eagle Insider earlier on uh, Wednesday. His, his, his grades aren't bad. He just needs to stay healthy. So you got those two guys out there. Plus, and this is the big one, I, the part that I think could make both of those guys better. I think Buka up the middle is going to be a difference maker in terms of getting that much that that just that little added bit of pressure that they they've lacked in years past. If you get Boozy out there and he's he's collapsing the pocket inside, you're going to get Valdez and Salah who can get some pressure on the outside. And hey, one of those guys needs a break. You throw in Azaraku, you throw in Nito Apollo, Ty Clemens, you get all the young guys in there too. So I think you know. The, the hope is here. The first segment I, offense could, could and I, I want to that a little bit with that's on top of BC's offensive line, not doing anything. If they can't do anything and it becomes a battle of, of, of field position and Wimsack can do some stuff. 
with his legs. That worries me. That that's concerning heading into this game because then you have to go back and forth. But if they get that going, if they get that offensive going and they're forcing Wimsat to throw the ball, I feel pretty confident. I, you know, they've got a nice wide receiver. Taj, Taj Harris, who used to play for Syracuse is very good, very good. And it's a hell of a, hell of a transfer portal pull for Greg Shiano. I just think you put, you put Josh DeBerry on him and hope for the best. And I think you'll be fine. And then you, 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 you go man or, or do what you need to do with, with the, with the nickel coverage that they use a lot and put that pressure on them. And I think those defensive backs will make some plays. So that is the second piece. I think that is the area. I think BC should be really confident going into this game is that I think the pass rush, which just a couple days ago, I mean, it been yesterday's show I kind of lose track. When we're in the midst of summer and we're just talking prep, 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 right? I said that the defensive line is a major concern for me. I think this game will be a game where they should be able to be effective, though. I think this is a game where the matchup favors Boston College, which will be different than when they play Florida State or they play Clemson, right? That's going to be a, a big, a bigger challenge for them. Rutgers doesn't have the front seven, a uh, front five that they. Have. That's going to be a bigger deal for um for the for the Eagles, and I think they're going to have that success heading into uh, that game. Now, in our final segment, there's one last question that I have about BC and looking at where uh, the biggest question mark is heading into this Rutgers game. We're going to get into that in just a moment. This is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black here. We're going over everything here on the BC game against Rutgers. I am so excited to talk about it because I think. I think, you know, going into this matchup, BC is in great shape to to really pull off a, a big win to start their game off, to start their season off, excuse me. So when we talk about this, we're looking at, um, you know, some of the things that BC is, is in better shape. We're looking at things that they're worried about. One part that I have a big question mark about, my biggest question mark for me, has to do still with the BC offensive line, where does Boston college stand in terms of, you know, their, their front five, what, what, who's going to be where, how they're going to play, how effective they're going to be. I mean, this is, this is common sense stuff here, folks. We've talked about this a lot, you know, this is the biggest question mark heading into every game. I think this will be the game that could be a statement game for this offensive line, because as I said on previous shows, Rutgers has a decent defense. They have a good secondary. That's something to watch for there. But it should be a game where BC's offensive line, even as worrisome as they are, as raw as you may think they may be, they may have that opportunity here to make a statement, to go out there and protect Phil Dracovic, to keep the plays going, to let them run the ball with Pat Garwo and Alex Ingfield here. That, I think, is something worth watching. And I think... That's a question mark I have because the worst thing for Boston college football to go against Rutgers is to go out there and have stupid holding penalties or, or pre-snap penalties because it's not in sync yet. I, I, I always go back to, and it's going to probably put flashbacks into your brain too. I want to say it was 2009, 2010. It was Dave Shinsky's year, and it was under spat. It was under spaz. And 
they go out there. It was at home, and Dave Shinsky lines up behind the guard, and they had to call a timeout because he wasn't in the right place. I, I have that flashback when when I see what's coming up here. I don't think that is what happens. I don't. I, I it was just a, a moment in my brain right there. Hope that's not what the case is going to be. But the worst see, as I said, is penalties. You know, they they go out there and they execute their offensive game plan to any extent. If they can put up points against Rutgers, that BC's defense should be enough to help them win this game. Now they just need that offensive line. As I've said, the, 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 the term of the year is serviceable. That's all they need to be is serviceable. And you know, that should be, you know, a, a not missing blocks, not getting Phil COVID killed, holding on to blocks long enough that you don't get hold called for holds, but also not blowing, you know, letting defensive ends fly through and kill your running backs, not making stupid penalties. These are all things that they can legitimately do. And as I said on yesterday's show, the serviceableness of this offensive line, I don't think is a unfair expectation. It's not being uh, with your head in the clouds here, folks. Uh, You know, to reiterate my point, last year had Zion Johnson, who was otherworldly, Alec Johnson, uh, Alec Lindstrom, who was good. And then you had three other guys and Christian Mahogany, who was good. And then two other guys that I thought were, were struggled at times. Right. And as a unit, they didn't play well at all. Uh, and I think that's the bigger piece there is that is as, as the, sum of their parts, they didn't play as, as well as the expectations were. It's not that hard for a unit that has talent that you have guys like Trapillo, you got guys like Drew Kendall, who hopefully will be healthy to go out there to make those plays. I think, it, 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 with a good, with a new offensive line coach like Dave DeGuglielmo, they could do that. But again, this is a huge question mark. We don't know this yet. Uh, you know, we're going to all sit there at Alumni Stadium on September 3rd as they trot out there and you see Phil Jakovic and Zay Flowers and you get, you know, get the butterflies in your stomach as you're waiting for them to make a big play. Then you watch the offensive line and you're going to, you're the pit of your stomach is probably going to have a different reaction. You're going to have all these different, that's what I love about college football, right? You have all these different reactions physically when you watch. I, for me, I'll tell you this, when it's the start of the season, the game, the day of the game, my wife, it drives my wife nuts. I'm up in the morning, just jazz. That's my, that's my MO. And she's like, go back to bed. It's, you know, you're going to be exhausted. Well, you know what? It's worth it. But I'm saying this, right? I went off on a tangent here, folks. But anyways, you're going to be a little bit worried about that offensive line. It's going to be something that we're going to be thinking about. And I think it's not unfair to say that, you know, hopefully the players have seen enough at practice to, you know, like Jakovic has gone. These guys got it. They know what they're doing. But we don't get to see a lot of that. You know, even as a media member, I've mentioned this before. Like, we don't get to see the scrimmages anymore. It's all behind closed doors. It's it's Fort Knox there at Alumni Stadium during a lot of this media prep. But I want to see what they do. And just for this game, it's going to be the biggest question mark heading into the season opener. Well, thank you, folks. Hope you enjoyed. If you've been listening on YouTube, I kind of did a little bit of a fun new layout for our show. Um, I have some pictures. I'm going to be adding some different things. Uh, hopefully you enjoy that. You can follow me on Twitter at AJ Black underscore BC or on Locked on BC. 
on Friday's show, I want to do another mailbag. You guys have some of the best mailbag questions. Hit me up on Twitter. You can see my Twitter name right there. DM me, at me, whatever you want to do to get your question at me. I will answer the best one out there. If you if you ask me something stupid, I'm not going to answer it, but you guys are good. You guys have good questions. So hopefully you get there, you get those questions in, because I'd love to be able to talk about them on Friday's show. And if you are listening to this on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, hit like. Um, let's get some likes on this podcast. I want to see more of you uh, become listeners on the YouTube channel because it's it's helpful. And I'm going to do more of these with uh, special episodes as as the season goes along with any breaking news. It's been kind of quiet. There hasn't been a ton to record. There hasn't been breaking uh, commitments. There hasn't been injury news, anything like that. But I promise you when it does happen and I'm available to do it, I'm going to try to throw out bonus episodes for you so that you enjoy that. We'll be back again tomorrow. Thank you all.